cliffcentral.com. Hey, Brett, how are you doing, man? I'm well, and you, Gareth, how's it going? Lekker, man. Lekker, lekker, lekker. Super. Singing Sia, how are you? Dude. Oh, Brett. I recorded that jingle there. It's, it's going to be my dial tone on my phone when I've worked out how to do it. <laughs> I'm ready to also like record the the waiting tone as well oh, when people are on hold. I think I think all four of us should sort of do a sort of a bloodhound gang hooray for boobies close off at the end of the show. All right, we can do that. <laughs> are you ready? Well, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, I like it, <laughs> All right, Brett, um, it's time for the alternative. Each week we take an alternative look at things, just like Alternative Viewpoints. The gas company is into alternative energy, and uh, Brett's the he's the boss there. He's the CEO. It's his business, and you can find out more about the gas company online, but we'll also put all the links up on cliffcentral.com. So, Brett, I know you're a, you're a fan of technology, and I know you pay a huge amount of attention to all kinds of things technological. But today, it's worth expanding that into the world of cryptocurrency. And we're talking about Bitcoin at a price of $19,232, which is almost at those highs that we had a couple of years ago, where everybody flocked onto the internet and bought Bitcoin and then sat with it for a couple of months, hoping it would get back to where it was. A lot of people (laughs) sold, um, and they sold too cheap. But now... It looks like Bitcoin is rallying again, and people are excited, man. Why are you excited about Bitcoin? Well, so the whole blockchain technology thing, the sort of the um, the concept that it brought to the party, which is effectively the ability to have a shared database, uh, which all the members, all the nodes in the database can agree on without a third party having to look after it. So you've got no need for a government or a bank or some kind of third party human right. institution. To, uh, to validate or verify the, the results, the sort of system takes care of itself. It is profound in terms of uh, being able to do all sorts of things on the internet without having to have a third-party mediator. Um, and we know the risks of third-party but mediators. Not, not, just the a, not just a third party, because this is where I think a lot of people get it wrong, but a, an objective, non-authority third party because right. because you you know the the problem with banks or with governments or with anyone else it, it is open to human corruption obviously right and and humans love to have control over other humans and they will do they will do terrible things to hold on to that control and i think many of us are just so jaded and cynical about the way that the world is run that we would love to have um, um, we'd even abdicate responsibility to the machines, which is mostly what I think this is about. And we would we would rather have the machines make these decisions for us. And by investing in Bitcoin or by taking an interest in the blockchain, I suppose many of us are just saying we're done with humans. Like we'd rather trust the algorithms to figure this stuff out for us. Well, one thing's certain, there's no doubt that if you centralize money and you give the control of the centralization of the money to human beings, there's going to be corruption. Hands down, it's done. There's no discussion around that. It's it's obvious. Mm. One of the things we're already putting in place to try to control that is some kind of technology and some kind of oversight. So you have a, a scenario where uh, where sort of the cops are watching, the cops are watching, the cops is just this recursive thing because nobody can trust anybody. Right. Um, so you're already there to a large extent. What the blockchain is takes away the need for any human interaction. The system is self-sustaining. It can literally guarantee that whatever the version is of the blockchain that's official at the moment, at least 51%, a majority of the blockchain will agree that that's the correct version. And so you have consensus. And so you can, 
safely assume those numbers are correct. It won't change tomorrow. The, the cost of modifying the blockchain once it's been written is just so high that the value proposition disappears. And that's kind of the, the basis of it. So let's, um, just, let's just talk about whether or not you think that this is a sustainable or, or it, whether we're in for a massive amount of, of growth in this way of doing things and the way of decentralizing money. Um, and, and although we've had these discussions for, what, five or six years now, at least, in, in a serious sense, there are a lot more people talking about it now than ever before. What do you think this means for normal currencies? I mean, what do you, this is, this is entirely the kind of conversation I'd like to have with my friends around the dinner table. It's the kind of stuff, it's the kind of stuff we, that's we talk about, Sorry, you know, when we're having a drink. And, and I wanted to know what you thought of this. Spot on. That's exactly what I want to talk about. I and mean, trying to, trying to sort of, uh, bet or, uh, forecast. wager with, forecast with, uh, with Bitcoin is a, is a max game. It's a dangerous game. I don't know where it's going to go. It could go back to 3,000 next month. It could go to 30,000. It could go anyway. Um, that, that's sort of, uh, that, that's speculation. Um, I'll leave that to the folks that are running the world. The, uh, <laughs> the, the fiat currency, as we have it today, has an interesting history, and I'd like to go over the history just very, very quickly, because sure. uh, there's a lot to unpack over there. Our understanding of money, everything about money, there's a lot to talk about. Before I get, even get onto that, there's two books that, that any listeners interested in this need to read, in my opinion, that really sort of uh, are informative around money. The one is, I've got it in front of me, yeah, it's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Read it. It's by a fellow named David Graeber. He's a yeah. professor somewhere. Is an anthropologist. So it gives you the history of sort of money in a broad sense, like loans, honor, trust, the whole thing, not just physical coins that float around in a medium of exchange. Um, and, and he really goes into it in a lot of depth. And he, he sort of dispels the myths around it. Like we started off bartering uh, eggs for chickens, and then the shoemaker started making shoes. So we took three chickens and two eggs, and we gave it a, a, a pair of floppies. And so the sort of thing moved on. Um, and he dispels all of that. That's never really how we've worked. Um, but there was always money in every society in some form or another. Yeah. Um, that's one book. It's worth reading. Another book that needs to be read is called The Ascent of Money. It's by a fellow by the name of Niall Ferguson, also a professor somewhere at Cambridge or something. Uh, also a very interesting read, much more modern um, and much more uh, involved in what we're going to discuss today, uh, talking about sort of the, the movement of money since kind of the more or less when the Spanish were in control in the 1600s, all the way through to where we are pretty much today, to 2008. The book was published in 2008 during yeah. the crisis. Um, in the book Sapiens by Yovel Noah Harari, yeah. touches on the history of, is it a similar story? It like, is. Are they aligned more they or less? Are, in, they are certainly in, in Sapiens, he just touches on it as a part of the book. It's not what the whole book's about, obviously, but he gives a pretty good synopsis, and I found it very interesting. 100%. They certainly align. Sapiens is an unbelievably good book. It's a very well, it's very, the way that that I can. Uh, sort of transfer information succinctly is, is yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, it's similar. He's, uh, he, he's a very good storyteller. But I'm curious about both of these books. Um, you know, there's so many books out there about, like, starting a business or it's, you know, this one who's, who's got the, the keys to success or – and most of those books are bullshit. What is it that drew you to these? Because they don't sound to me like self-help books, and I hate no. self-help books. These sound like they, they explain the story of money. I'd really be a strong backer of self-help books if they worked, but really they, they help the they self-help the person who publishes them. Correct. Um, 
So I think it's a good business model, don't get me wrong, but I, I just don't think it's going to do anything for you if you try to eat it. Right. Uh, starting with Dale Carnegie all the way through, it's, it's a bit of a sham. Um, these books are, are literally, I, I, I don't know, I think I'm quite interested in sort of human, I, th I think anybody who watches humans behave, like you were alluding to earlier in the show, you sort of, and you start thinking, all well, these humans are pigs, and you know, if you just think well, of them zombies, as zombies, and you think yeah. they'll let you down, you can move forward from there. I think it's a natural progression to go, well, has it always been that way? And how do we sort of change it? And is it necessarily that way? Can it change? And in the natural world, was it different? Is this a function of globalization? Is this a function of urbanization? All of these questions started popping into your head. And so you've got to read the history and find out how it worked before and, and, uh, and find out from people that, I mean, that's, you know, none of, a lot of this isn't recorded. Um, can I just stop you there? I want to stop you because, first of all, it broke up just while you were explaining that point. But second of all, you are, oh, wearing, sorry. You are wearing the loudest shirt I've ever seen in my whole fucking <laughs> life. What is that shirt? That's just a start. There's, there's more where this came from. The shirt is... Dude. I don't know where I got it. Just, it's, uh, no, mate. Don't go changing. That's helping me stay awake on this. I'm here for you, Gord. The show is always about four hours earlier than it needs to be, and that shirt. I need one for next. I need one for the wall next to my little computer desk, so that I'm with you. It's like smelling salts for the eyes. I've been told I'm pretty boring, sort of in delivery of my information. So I figured I'd spice it up with like some nice shirts and sort of. And the jingle from last week really sort of got me going. Yeah. Where do you it's even... a good strategy on the spicing things up, but you do realize we're almost entirely an audio medium. Where... Yeah, I, look, but we're talking about it, you know, and that's the important part. Next time, people are going to go, no, you know what, Gareth Cliff, screw that. I want to watch the Gareth Cliff show. Where do, you, where, do you, where do you even get a shirt like that? I got it. It's a funny story. I got it overseas because we went, we went on holiday, me and Beth, and we got there and we went to a formal restaurant and I'd only packed jeans and T-shirts, so I wore one of her shirts. <laughs> I wore one of her shirts and I'd had a couple of drinks. It was it was mildly uncomfortable. And it also made me keep sort of feeling around for pieces I didn't have, which <laughs> was weird. Um, so uh, on the way out, we kind of walked past, you know, all these resorts have got little sort of things in there. And we walked past there and Beth bought the shirt for me and sort of said, right, oh, you're not wearing my clothes anymore. You're freaking me out. All right, so I've, uh, I've, I've, I've distracted you, though, so let's get back to We have sidetracked so much. Uh, so you reckon... That's so you'll survive anyway. <laughs> so you reckon that digital currency will eventually overtake the, 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 the paper money that we use and the, the old form of kind of writing stuff down in a ledger? Guaranteed. It's a, it's a done deed. The, the, the question is whether it's going to be distributed, uh, publicly owned, open source sort of... Mm. Uh, uh, money or whether it's going to be government controlled blockchains. That's really the only question. The, the Chinese are very, very, very advanced already in their digital yuan. Uh, America's busy looking at it. Uh, the European Union has got the, the digital EU coming out. There, there's absolutely no doubt that, uh, that currency as we understand it now will move on to, onto the blockchain for a number of reasons. The blockchain benefits government almost as much as it benefits the individual because it's open, it's transparent, and it, it eradicates to a large extent the need for banks. If we look at the crisis that we've got at the moment, where the banks are, are sort of buying money, or, or the government is effectively printing money, not ours, but a lot of governments in the world are printing money, mm -hmm. giving it to the... So, so they print money on the one hand, and they, they issue bonds on the other hand, the same government, depending right. on whether you believe that the, the Federal Reserve or the central bank belongs to government. But the government itself is issuing bonds, and then it's printing money out of thin air. Mm -hmm. And then it's using a mediator, the bank. And it buys the bonds through the bank. So it gives the bank the money. And then the bank gives it its own bond back. 
and this is how money is generated. That's what quantitative easing is. The Japanese started it sort of in the 90s, um, and many, many countries have done it, and certainly Europe and America are doing it left, right, and center at the moment. That has an inflationary impact, you've got to believe. You've got to believe if, that if there's $100 circulating today and there's $200 circulating tomorrow, then the value of the dollar is halved. You've got to, the buying power of the dollar is right. halved, or more or less halved. You've got to believe that. So um, uh, there's that problem, but there's also the problem that we're seeing right now where they're printing this money, issuing it to the banks, but the banks aren't owned by the government. Banks are private institutions. They've got their own ideas of where that money should go. Sure. And so the money's not always getting into the individual's hands. It's not always getting to where it's supposed to be destined for. Often it's being invested back into the stock market like we're seeing at the moment. And so instead of seeing inflation, what we're seeing is stock prices rocketing through the roof. We're seeing a Dow Jones at 30,000 and an American economy that's decimated. Mm. There was a headline that I saw. Uh, it was a Twitter sort of feed where I saw that the uh, I think it said 30 million jobs, uh, 30,000 Dow Jones. 30 million jobs lost 30,000 on the Dow Jones, something to that effect. Yeah, so the, the in, other words, the, in other words, the, you've, you've the, got a, a total disconnect. It, well, that's, then that's the word to use. The, the stock market is disconnected from reality. Um, and so you're speculating on the stock market. There's no way you can invest in the stock market at the moment and be right or wrong because what are, what are you founding your assumptions on? Yeah. But you see, this so, is, it, doesn't it all boil down to an idea of what value is? Like, where, where is value best stored? And we have these conversations all the time. And that's you, you, you're holding up the book, the debt book. Um, wh what do they say about that? What does that author say? Uh, he says a lot. Uh, it'll be quite difficult to distill in the amount of time that we've got over here. But effectively, it comes down to, as the book alludes to, to debt. Um, and uh, in the modern world also, money is generated, money is created out of debt to a very large extent. Money is created, new money is generated through fractional reserve banking. So the banks have, if, if a bank has $100 on deposit, they're allowed to loan out 90 of those dollars <laughs> to other people. <laughs> so they've given you for $90, they've got $10 still in the bank account and $100 on the balance sheet. And if you for pull your $90, then there's a problem because the banks that, that you, you've taken your $90, given it to another bank, they've fractional reserved it and fractional and you yeah. have a run on the bank. Like we had, I think it was Samba or something we had in South Africa. But Samba, but the, years the, ago. the famous one yeah. was, was obviously uh, Lehman Brothers in New York. Right, right. right. So uh, there's always sort of, uh, what's that good? You said Samba is another one of those brands. I was talking earlier about like beloved South African brands that yeah. have disappeared. Yeah. Like Bears and Samba. Please continue. I think Bears still existed. I think a lot of the, the okay. banks sort of got swallowed up by Epso, who's done a pretty good job of destroying also, Hang on. I also think Bears still exists. How come you and I think Bears still exists, Brett, and nobody else does? Sia thinks it's definitely gone, but I think Bears is still around. Uh -oh. I think Bears really no. cares about you. Bears uh -oh. furniture. Yeah, I think I think Bears is still around. I can't speak for Sia. I think Gordy might be rolling too many blunts in the morning. Doesn't see Bears when he okay. drops past it. So okay. it's still yeah, around. I miss seeing Bears, but Absa was United, Forkscus, probably yeah. Sambo. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Yeah, Epsa was an, well, I think the A is for amalgamated. Uh, it was an amalgamation. Of amalgamated banks of South yeah. Africa. Yeah. Sia, what yeah. did you, anyway, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, but, but yes, Sia, yeah. Sia has right. an important Apologies update. Sia has an important, he has an update from Sia. Go ahead. 
Yes, I apologize. Bear still exists. There are a couple of branches, <laughs> specifically in uh, Johannesburg, and they even have an online catalog. Sure. So Bears really well, does care about you. At <laughs> least they know that we also care about them. Yeah. yeah. It was such a today's show. We really care about Bears. <laughs> Has anyone ever gone to them and just been like, we care also, guys? Like, back at you. We got you, Herbie. Shut up, God. We are being sidetracked. Oh, okay. my God. Sorry. Herbie, please get back Brett, to Brett, back to you. Thank God. Oh. No, where, where were we? I can't remember. Oh. Ward, give me a lead on uh, No, we were talking, about, were talking debt, about and you the, were saying... The disconnect between stock markets and real value. And, and right. you, were, you were explaining to us how, how debt is... It creates this run on banks if people decide to suddenly withdraw their money. And there's this, right. there's this basic trust between the bank who's allowed to loan out, you know, 90% right. of their, of their balance sheet. And then right. if those people who've borrowed that money suddenly cash it out and they take it out of the banks, the banks are left with a bullshit story effectively, right. which means it all collapses. Right. Their finger up their asses. The, yeah. the point I'm trying to make over there is that that's how money is generated. Money, money is generated out of debt because you go to the bank and you borrow money from the bank mm. to buy a car or to buy a house or whatever. And that's why, part of the reason why cars are such a very, very, very important part of the modern, modern sort of economy is because uh, cars are a large part of where debt gets created, where you need to go borrow money from the bank. They've made it so easy. You don't even know what you're doing anymore. It's all done for you. You literally just walk into a store site. Um, the document, the car gets given to you and the money gets taken out of your bank account every right. month. Um, and that's part of what keeps the global economy going. So it's quite an important part. Um, so, so money, to a large extent in the modern economy, is generated out of debt. Uh, there's a movie called The 97 or something, which alludes to the fact that certainly in Britain, uh, physical money, notes and coins and that sort of stuff is only 3% of the fiscus. Everything else is sure. just a number on a, on, a, on a ledger or on a database in the banking system. Unbelievable. To get back to the point that I was trying to make around the, the, the blockchain and Bitcoin technologies and uh, the, the governments wanting to have control over that is that if, if we have a look at what's going on with QE at the moment, you can remove the middleman. The banks could potentially give the money directly to you mm-hmm. in your uh, cyber wallet. They're not going to call it cyber. They'll have a different name for it. They're going to give it directly to you in your cyber wallet, and they can cut out the middleman. So they can still do a quantitative easing of some sort so that they can control the economy, which they believe that they can do, um, but they can do it without necessarily giving it to a third party who is, who is not necessarily completely aligned to their causes, whatever that may be. So the, the, the digital technology will, digital uh, currencies will definitely become the standard in the next 20 years. There's absolutely no doubt whatsoever in my mind. The challenge now is uh, how much of that is government controlled and how much of that is p- p- controlled by the people. Uh, because certainly the governments are not going to be that keen well, on having currencies that, uh, that are controlled by the people. Um, and we'll have to see where the people land on this. Yeah, well, look, we've got to we've got to keep an eye on this stuff, and that's one of the reasons that we uh, we we do this feature once a week is to k- kind of keep an eye on what the alternatives are. Yeah. If if fiat currency hasn't been working for most people on Earth for the longest time now, or if we can find a better way to manage money, then that's something worthy of discussion. It's called the alternative for a reason. And uh, Brett Cohen, it's good to see you again, my friend. Good to, uh, cheers, good to chat to you. Okay. You want to find cheers out more, real, Yeah, very good. Cheers, cheers. You want to find out more about what uh, Brett's business does? They are called the Gas Company. I'll give you two guesses, Sia. What do you think they do? And no, it isn't farts. They are a company mm-hmm. 
that works with gas. Cliffcentral.com